Softer now, a little bit softer now. <laughs> Pickle! Wait a minute! <laughs> Look! He's been hiding the pickles under his tongue the whole time. You gotta, you gotta say pickle, you gotta do something. Pickle! Pickle. All right, we got a uh, next episode, episode four, five? Episode, Eight. I think it's four. Uh, getting ready to jump into some pretty cool topics that showed up throughout the world of sports, kind of highlighting baseball, but not exactly. Uh, and this is our little rundown of things that we think are interesting. Number one, topic number one, Mookie Betts is doing damage. Mookie is good. What is his impact on the Dodgers? And also just like, let's just chat about Mookie being awesome because he's pretty damn good. It's pretty good. First of all, his name is Mookie. Which makes him awesome. Yeah, Mookie is nice. First time I watched him play, double A, no, triple A? Triple A. And I had heard about him from Matt Gedman, son of Rich Gedman. was playing with him in A-ball, and he goes, hey, we got this guy. His name's Mookie. He is nice. Swing characteristics, all the things we're talking about. But he's just skinny, but he still rakes. And I was like, it doesn't matter how wide you are, you can still rake. And Mookie's, I saw Mookie's him, listed at 5'9", 180. I'd probably take him. And he like has pumps. Probably 5'7 and 168, though. Like, he finishes the season at shorter and less weight. He loses his height. Now, he's so, I mean, some of the most efficient, cleanest moves. Ability to move like crazy. Like, he's Gumby. We nicknamed him Gumby. And he's awesome. He's a great kid. Works really hard. And he's still getting better, I think, because he's learning about himself. Spending time with J.D. Martinez was probably really, really good for him. Mookie's going to have some bigger swing moves because he's just he's looser. That's why we call him Gumby. So it's, it's a testament to him with how much he's engaging in himself, how much he's um, invested into his own knowledge of hitting, and he's incredibly deliberate. I think you take a guy like him who is a great hitter, you could tell him how to hit however you want, and he's going to produce – um, but he's doing some special things. One one stat that I found, um, his current hard hit ball percentage, so these are balls in play, he, his career average is 37.9. He's currently hitting 53.6% of his balls in play hard. That's absurd. Um, his soft percentage is right around his, his average is at 13.6, average is 15.1. Um, his just medium percentage is gone. Like he's only hitting – his his average is forty seven percent medium, and he's currently at thirty two point eight medium. So he's just he's barreling balls when he when he hits the ball well. He's he's flushing it. Um, to do that consistently against the pitching that he faces on a regular basis is just wild. Is case in point like knowing what guys you can pay and which ones you can't. Um, there was no doubt about the fact that Boston should have paid him and made made him a generational player. Uh, sweet move though, let him go and he'll be with another team. For the Red Sox are under the luxury tax threshold though, so yes, thumbs up. To hey. They have unlimited dollars and they just it, but, really wanted to get under the threshold. But I, I'll tell you what, hey, they they lost their sellout streak this year. 
Too bad. They probably lost it before, but I just said that because there's no fans in the stands, and I thought it was funny. It's so awkward to watch a baseball game with no fans, by the way. Have you seen the uh, the when they pumped the, the fake fan noise in? I was watching the uh, the Padres A's, and somebody like struck out, and it was like boo, boo. It was like panning the crowd. There's nobody there. I've watched. Ooh, I've watched. Listen to the sounds when they they had uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. mic'd up for like a whole inning. It was awesome. Do that the whole game. Just yeah. talk to the best mic'd up clips. It was a couple of years ago with Mookie playing right field. I think Chris Bryant hit like a hit a ball over his head, and he's like, "Whoop! Not gonna get this one, guys!" And he like chased after it while he was mic'd up. It was awesome. I think they should just put Mookie on mic every game. Give him whatever revenue he needs. He's got. I mean, he's getting paid pretty well. I love Marcus. He's good. He's my uh, next topic: Garrett Cole, borderline crying because his pitches he may be tipping his own pitches um the irony of it considering he was coming from the astros i mean tipping pitches part of the game using cameras to steal pitch sequences and bang a trash can is also part of the game frowned upon but part of the game um i know you've got some pretty good stories about um diano navarra tomorrow with his ability to get pitches. Uh, my two quick stories were in college. We had like, we had the signs 90% of the time, just from our first base coach, either looking in or looking at the second baseman, do open fist, close fist behind his back. 90% of the time we had signs. And then uh, John Kelly, independent league. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for tapping your finger. Telling us if a fastball is it, he tapped on fastballs, didn't tap on breaking balls or the opposite. I forget which one. Either way, you know, it was coming and it certainly helped. But uh, I know you got Navarro stuff on this. Cole, if you, if you don't like it, figure it out. Watch your own tape. Stop tipping your pitches. Uh, the good thing, first of all, for John Kelly, I didn't need his finger waggle or not. I hit, I raked him. I hope he watches this. And that's rude. That I raked him. That's rude. I raked him, dude. That's what I did. I mean, I was like nine for two off him with a billion homers. Sorry. What do you want me to do? Um, you hit your first career home run off John Kelly. That's why you brought him up. And that's why I like when you bring it up. I didn't, I didn't know the sign on that about either. I'm going to, I'm going to say this again, right? I'm going to come full circle with this whole sign stealing, knowing what's coming. Hitting is still really hard and hitting against Garrett Cole is still really hard. Even if you know what he's about to throw you, like he throws a thousand with nasty secondary stuff. If if hitters are doing a better job game planning and just sitting pitches, it's going to come off as they know what's coming because they're – for a guy like Cole, I think you have to sit specific zone, specific speed. You, you have to be kind of dialed into what you want to hit. And if you're ahead in the count, you have a chance. And he's throwing 100 with a nasty breaking ball, and that just – everything he throws is filthy. So you got to kind of pick your spots against him. If he falls behind – then that's you, it increases your chances of success. If a pitcher told me what was coming, I I mean, it's like playing it'd be, rock. You'd be more effective. Do pay, do rock paper scissor and and tell the person what you're gonna throw and see what that's like. That's that's like I always like using that an analogy for guessing pitches. Do yeah. rock paper scissor, except you have to do it to a zone. Do like a nine box zone, rock paper scissor to a specific location. How many possible combinations? It's just to to win that is really hard. Uh, Gianna Navarro stories. Okay, so 
how many times did the 2015 Blue Jays get accused of stealing signs from hotels and cameras and whatever? It was probably four billion seven hundred and two, right? Like everybody's still talking about it. Andy Burns is with uh, with the the Blue Jays right now, and he was telling me that um, he's at the alternate training site, and I I know Andy really well. And Derek Fisher was down there, and Fisher obviously was part of the Astros, and he was trying to defend the whole Astros situation, right? And he was like, "Well, the Blue Jays were doing it in 2015, like, okay." And and Burns, he was like, "No, dude, I went up to the big leagues in 2016. Like, I never heard anything about this." And so 2015, everybody was accusing us because we were raking. And I was like, dude, no, we never stole a sign through a camera, through a runner on second base. We just had DeAndre Navarro on our team, who was like the best player ever at picking up pitches, like pitchers tipping their pitches, which, again, I said this before, like we didn't need the signs because we raked anyway. And we didn't have them all the time. But we, I would say like somewhere between 40 – and 50% of the pitchers in the American league, we had something on, like we thought we, or we had something or we thought we had something. A lot of guys didn't like having the signs. So like, like he, he would always say like, Hey, you want them? And, uh, but the funniest one was like, he came out of the, the clubhouse one day and he wasn't catching. And I wasn't playing. He had his shoes untied, his glasses on. He was wearing his hat, like kind of up like that. The day game. And he was sitting there. And I turned to him after the, the first pitch, and I was like, Navi, like, you sleeping? He's like, no, Cody, no. And then three pitches later, he's like, okay, I got him. And he had, like, all – I was like, what? He goes, yeah. He goes, like, when he's doing this, like, glove turn right here, Peter, like, if he does it once like that, it's a breaking ball. I was like, you saw three pitches. How do you know that? I was like, no, you didn't see three pitches. You are sleeping. But he knew. It was good. He he had the highest baseball IQ out of anybody I've ever played with, and it wasn't and it's not close, like literally not close. How much do you think his ability to 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 do that was from catching and studying pitchers and just looking for things versus just straight IQ, or are they the same thing? Is one cause of the other? Um, I, I have two arguments to be made there. Like, what I mean, I think obviously. As a catcher, if you pay attention, I think you can learn a ton about the game and, and figure it out. Um, what, this is going to sound mean, probably, but like Navi's not the best athlete in the world. Like he, and, and I could make the argument that he's a really good athlete because, like, physically, like he, he's not imposing. You know, he's shorter, uh, stocky. Um, he doesn't have objective physicality. Yeah, that you would expect from a major league player. And, and to be honest with you, like, he didn't – he never lifted weights, ever. Like, I remember saw him go in the weight room, uh, maybe twice. We played soccer as a team before BP every day. Like, we would go out and kick the soccer ball around. That was, like, our exercise. And uh, him and Batista would wear, like, their Barcelona jerseys or their Real Madrid jerseys or whatever. Uh, he was a master video game player, like – one of the top thousand FIFA players in the world, I think. Like, if you played him one-on-one, you couldn't take the ball from him in FIFA. Um, but I think he just paid attention better than everybody else. So, like, I think he realized that part of what made him a great player was his ability to be smarter than everybody else. And 
he did that in droves. Like he always like was hunting pitches. He was always thinking about, you know, what was next. And it, it definitely led him to being good with maybe some limited athletic stuff. And I think that's, I would say a lot of the same stuff holds true for myself. Like, I don't think what makes me good is my physicality. I mean, I'm tall. That's about it. He was, uh, he was just special in that regard with the ability to, as you said, pay attention. We've talked about that a ton, how that is a very powerful skill to have as a baseball player. Uh, next topic, Nick Nurse, head coach for the Raptors, I believe. I'm not a big basketball guy. You're, you're a way bigger basketball guy. Um, I read this quote, and I absolutely loved it. I would play for this guy, even though I'm not a basketball player. I would suit up. I'd go to war with this guy. Just the ultimate process orientation. Um, talking about that he's not trying to defend a title. They're just trying to play the best they can tonight. And that that's the goal for him as a coach. Get these guys to play as hard as they can and play together and get the result. Just go back, go back to work and try to do it a little better again tomorrow. It's fantastic. This is, uh, it's like so simple. I remember when they did the Belichick and Saban uh, special and you and I were chatting about it. And I was like, oh, these are the two most logical coaches in the history of sports. Yeah, they're the most they just, normal. They do the obvious things and they don't try to be like tricky about it. They just be like, oh, do your job. Just make your play. Every single guy, make your play. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Um, and then Patrick's other question with this was, uh, does the energy of basketball equate, the energy of basketball equate to the energy of baseball? So I'll let you talk on the uh, – the process oriented stuff, but then what's your thoughts on the energy basketball versus baseball in terms of rah, rah, ness. There's the reason why the Washington nationals won the world series last year is because they were a, a do your job kind of team, right? The funny thing about baseball is there's no, like, it's not just one job. It's not just, you know, one role. It's not one thing you're going to do really well on any given night. Like, the way offense works in baseball is like somebody might have to pick up a, the baton in a different way, right? Like you might have to bunt one night and then hit a double the next night, or uh, you might need to, you know, get three hits on one night and then, uh, you know, hit and run the next day or, or, or move a runner over or whatever it is. So the dynamic of that is different, but at the same time, it's a mindset, right? It's just like anything else. It's a mindset. So the whole premise behind what we're trying to accomplish is just be yourself like be the best version of yourself you can be and don't try to do more or don't try to do less so can that energy carry over yeah because it's it's a mindset that is contagious like the washington nationals decided they were going to win last year they just decided they were going to win <laughs> and they won that was it like the other teams were like yeah we kind of want to win and people will say, oh, it's irresponsible to say that not everybody's trying to win. Dude, it, it's a collective effort. And when you have, like, when you see into those rooms and you see into the souls of other people, you can tell when guys get insecure about things and you can tell when guys are not sure of what they really want or how much they care about it. And it's scary because you, you make the presumption from the outside looking in that players in the major leagues are like, you know, they get to the postseason, they all want it the most. Like, I'm not calling anybody out, but, like, I, I can argue against that. 
you know, depends on the team you're on, depends on your personality, depends on how long you've been playing all season, depends on whether your wife's complaining that the season's going too long or not. So, anyway, that's neither here nor there, but, yeah, it translates to baseball. Do your job, man. Just go do your job. Whatever, whatever the game asks of you, do it. Completely agree. Love it. Next topic, first team, all cool, MB, MLB. Who are the coolest players? I'm going to go with all time because I, I honestly just don't. I, there's so many young players in the game right now, it's tough to even keep up with it. Um, having said that, Javi Baez has got to be on the top of every list for just cool swag, flair. Dude's electric. He's just awesome to watch. Uh, take me through who you got, who are your cool guys. I try to do this more on like a positional basis. I was just going to say, are we going position by position or are we, do we need the like generational? Like, what do you want to do? Let's just go like all time, coolest player, gun to head, go. Who's the coolest player of all time? That's the easiest question ever. You're going to say, you're gonna say Derek Jeter. No, my favorite player growing up was Ken Griffey Jr. It wasn't I mean, cool, cool team. Like he's the first guy who wears half backwards. In the yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he Griffey. Cool. He was, he's like the Michael Jordan of baseball. I thought you were gonna go Jeter because Jeter's a hundred percent on my list. He's like a different kind of cool though. He's like the anti-cool cool. Yeah. He's, he's like, like he's cool because he's not trying to be cool. He's the boring cool. He's like, oh yeah, he wore the same Rawlings with batting glove underneath forever, but got to wear Jordan cleats because he played for the I can't believe I call them cleats, they're spikes. Um like you got to wear Jordan. He he is Jordan. like he is re-two pack. Dude, how many times have you seen me? Yeah, so he's cool. Well, all right, if, if we're going to do this, we got to come up with a plan. All right, like, let's let's do uh, – so let's start battery mate. We'll go uh, pitcher. All right, are you going first or am I going first? Pedro. He used to cut the sleeves. He had the hair. He was just nasty up there. Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson, New Hampshire guy. Londonary, New Hampshire, shout out. Beard, tattoos everywhere. Brian Wilson, catcher. This one's easy for me. It's I got two. It's got to be Pudge. I got Yachty. Yachty's a Jordan catcher. He's got Jordan, custom Jordan gear. Yeah, I know, but that's, that's just nasty. Was Pudge cool? Pudge was cool. I was going to go one, two, Yachty Pudge. Is, is there any way to be cool if you're a catcher? I'm also going to throw out there Tony Pena. The 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 knee oh, guy yeah. down before knee down leg out catcher. Yeah. What about uh, what about uh, like Yogi Berra? So I I just can't really speak to that because I don't know. He didn't have a Twitter account, so I don't know what he was what, what his cool was. Let's go around the horn. Third base. You want to go that way? I want to go yeah. the other way. Let's go to third. Fine. Go. Chipper Jones. Chipper Chip, Jones. Like country Chipper, cool. Chipper Jones hat. Patrick's making like a disgusting face. That video needs to show. Chipper Jones kind of a swagosaurus. Um, He's so smooth, so just chill about things. It's funny how because he's 12, you know, that he can't understand what cool was to us. No, he's going off current day Twitter. Chipper Jones went double forearm wristbands for like Like the big ones, the big, thick ones. And he had the Mizuno batting gloves with the double straps. Dude, those were so fire. Um, third base, cool. Definitely not Donaldson. <laughs> uh, leave that in for sure. Machado. Machado's all right. 
No, but he Machado's like a nice player, but I don't think he's cool. Yeah, he tries too hard. Definitely not A-Rod. You want he's the definition of try hard. Yeah. I got Chip. Mike, Mike Schmidt had good hair. Brooks he, Robinson never made errors. Again, but that's kind of like aging like age out a little bit. Yeah, I'm not allowed to say anybody that played pre-1990 or else, like, the conversation's over. Shortstop, I said Javi Baez and also Jeter. I think we already covered that. There's a lot of pretty good shortstops. Ray Ordonez was pretty cool. Ray Ordonez was fire. I think, oh, I think Omar Vizquel. Omar Vizquel was, like, understated cool. Ozzy Smith is still the coolest shortstop ever. Like, Doing backflips no... running out of the field? He could have played. He could have played shortstop better than most with, like, a paper lunch bag on his hand. Second base, Roberto Alomar, until he spit in a guy's face. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, The first one that popped in my head was Brandon Phillips. He's pretty cool. Yeah, I'd take Roberto Alomar over him. But Phillips just did some cool stuff. Tagged a guy. Phillips, if if it was a swag contest, Brandon Phillips wins. Yeah. Well, what's is is do you have to have swag to be cool? No, there's different types of cool. Like we already said, Jeter's kind of like the the understated first base. I'm struggling with this one. Not you. Definitely not you. I know. I'm the anti-cool. So you got, uh, first base is hard for me. There's so many good first basemen, but I don't know, like, how do you be a cool? Automatically? Maybe. Sick mustache. Was mm-hmm. Rafael Palmero cool when he played? I almost want to go with Sean Casey just because he like he talked to everybody. And he was like first basemen tend to be kind of like like where's the personality from a first baseman? Who is like if you have to think first baseman all time biggest personality? Miguel Cabrera. He did some he does some funny stuff like the shirt pulling out stuff. Yeah, he's always having a good time. Yeah, Miggy's pretty cool. Uh, and let's just hop out to the outfield. Griffey, obviously. I'm gonna throw Devon White out there. Devo? Devon White. Patrick doesn't know who he is. He just was so. He just he'd like make every play look like the easiest. Like this, yeah. yeah, every ball I'd catch right off his chest. Um, Bonds was pretty cool, but almost like a tryhard. I got one. I got a good one. The glove thing. I got a good one. Andrew Jones. Super cool. Yep. Andrew Jones is cool. I'm pretty Atlanta Braves biased. I was gonna. I was thinking yeah. David, David Justice was one that popped into my head. I always thought he was pretty cool. I don't know. He's talking to himself and in, in, while I was hitting. I just watched TBS nonstop every single night. I watched the Braves. Is there a really? Is there a closer cooler than Mariano? Mariano? Nah. Kimbrel tried. He, he was pitching the seventh inning yesterday without a without a beard doing this thing. I was like, I think that plays better when you're <laughs> when you're saving fifty a year. But it's, it is like a whole persona when you're a closer. You have to you have to be this thing. It's it's the hype. It's the the illusion of who you are is, is almost as important as the stuff that you're throwing up there. All right, post show. I have two topics. Number one, didn't wear a hat today out of solidarity. Out of solidarity to you. There were multiple comments about your hair, aka what happened to Chris's hair? Goo! Yikes! What happened to Chris? Things like that. Multiple comments. Self cut hair. Yeah, so I I didn't wear a hat today for you. My You're hair's welcome. solid, bro. I don't know what anybody's talking about. I like when you grow your hair out. Uh, Patrick, please include clip of Chris's big hair for those who haven't seen it. 
we'll do it. We'll, we'll do put that in a post. Uh, last topic that I wanted to discuss was the, uh, the gross misunderestimation of Joey Gallo's Homer and just the, the whole concept of how they're trying to estimate homers that go in the third deck going on 430 feet. I've, I've seen one thing that said the ones that hit the upper deck look like they go farther because they hit higher up, but they're actually coming down by the time they get there. Um, I mean, to hit a ball that high, that far is absurd. Baseball needs to do a better job estimating home runs that land on the moon. They're clearly more than 433 feet. He, it happens all the time. It's unacceptable. All right. That's it for this week's Pelotero Pickle Show. Pickle!